In darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place. That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life That I would be set free Whoa, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me our chaos back into order who makes the orphans a son and daughter the king of glory the king above all kings who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down you Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worship, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I 
where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. There was pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I
worthy of all praise and my heart will sing how great is our god well if you believe that give the lord a hand clap of praise up in here amen amen you can take your seats thank you so much i want to thank you for uh, coming out tonight in the rain and all that good stuff thank you so much i know tonight pastor peggy's gonna have a good word today um Josh, if I could get your help real quick. We'll pass these scriptures out. We'll pass these out for me, Josh. And um, while Josh was doing that, a few announcements. Um, The 23rd, we will be have, or the 23rd, we'll have um, Deepak and Diana. With us from uh, Perth, Australia, they're going to be talking about what the, what God's doing through them at, in Australia. That evening, we'll have our uh, Beaumont uh, campus service with Susan Richardson. And so, make sure you're a part of both of those meetings on the 23rd. And of course, we have a great a lot of great stuff happening. So, if you want to grab our upcoming events, a uh, little handout. It's on the back table back there, and uh, you can put that on your refrigerator. We'll make one soon for April and May uh, as well. So you will have that. Um, and so God is moving here and we're excited about it. Amen. Let's, we're going to pray and Pastor Peggy is going to come. Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it's going to go forth tonight. Unhindered, uninterrupted, Father. The anointing and the glory is going to be upon each word spoken. Father, we thank you for Pastor Peggy and all that she has and all that she has already uh, released into this body, Father. And I thank you, Lord. Uh, there's more revelation to come. And, Father, we sit here ready to receive. Father, we thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we uh, welcome Pastor Peggy as she comes to deliver tonight's message? Uh, amen. Okay. You would think I was going to do a song and dance routine up here or something. Well. <laughs> get this where I can write it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Tonight, I want to share with you something. I want to share with you something that uh, actually Pastor and I have been kicking around for a while. And it's the subject of strength or being strong. I hope you can read that. Okay. Um, you know what? I want to pray before we start because I want to pray again over our dear pastors. You know, I'm kind of like their other mama, one of their mamas, and they got several. But um, I'm just so proud of them. I mean, you know, they've both been sick, and it's like the worst night we've had in how long you know it's raining it's cold it's miserable and here they are just singing how great (laughs) how great (laughs) and it's like i'm so proud of it and i just i just really felt like the lord was just smiling so guys wherever brother is he left (laughs) but uh let's just pray for our pastors okay father in jesus name lord we lift up pastor john and jeff before your throne dear god and lord we just ask as a 
as a as a body, a church body, Lord. They've done so much for us, dear God. They're so faithful, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that you bless them exceedingly abundantly above what they could ask or think in the coming weeks and months, dear God. Lord, I ask that you give them the desires of their hearts, dear God. Lord, I pray that you'll strengthen their bodies, Lord, continue to heal them. We rebuke that sickness off of them in Jesus' name. We rebuke that sickness over our whole congregation. In Jesus' name, Lord, we decree we are a sickness-free zone. We are a disease-free zone in Jesus' name. That no germ can stand in the presence of your glory, dear God, Lord. And so, Lord, we just receive your healing power, your healing presence, dear God. And, Lord, I just ask for your anointing, Lord, to teach your word as you would have it taught, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, strength, okay? Now, here's the deal. I believe, guys... Being strong is going to be a key factor in this new season that we're moving into as far as being able to carry and function in the power and the presence of God that he's wanting to pour out. And uh, what made me start thinking about this is that there's a, a minister that I like to listen to and he died and he went to heaven. And he spent time with Jesus, and then he came back into his body. And so he shares about stuff that that he found out in heaven. And in one of his things when he was talking, he said that when he met Jesus, the thing that struck him most is that he said, if I had to describe one word to describe Jesus, I would describe it as him as strong. He said everything about Jesus was pure strength. His demeanor, his posture, his his tone of voice, his wordings, his choice of words, everything about Jesus was strength. And that really stuck with me. And I started pondering on that, and Pastor and I kicked it back and forth, and we've been both kind of, you know, uh, shooting off each other different stuff about strength and being strong and stuff. And so when he asked me to preach, I wanted to share this with you because I really think it's something we need to focus on. Because here's the deal. We've got to realize as time goes by, we're getting closer and closer to Jesus coming back. And when Jesus returns, he is coming back for an equally yoked bride. He just is. And I know we touched on this Sunday, but I want us to realize the more we say, man, it looks like in times, all this stuff going on, you know, the more we do that, we have to realize that Jesus is coming back. The church is his bride and his bride is going to, the Bible says, do not be equally yoked. So let's plug that in with Jesus coming back for a bride. The church is going to be equally yoked to Jesus In that, by that, I mean that we are going to be walking in the character and the qualities that Jesus walked in. We're going to be strong and we're going to be mature. And so, um, so being strong is something that I want to exhort us to begin to focus on as of tonight. Okay. I want to remind you of this verse. If you have your verse sheets, your number one there, it's Ephesians 610 and I, uh, John, read that to me because I'm gonna I'm gonna write it as you read. Be strong in the Lord and 
in the power. Now, what I want you to get is that when Paul was writing this, this was his last point after he, he's writing all through Ephesians, okay? And he finishes up what he was just talking about. He said, finally. So he's kind of like summing up everything that he was just saying. And then he goes on to talk about the, uh, the uh, weapons of, you know, the, the, the armor and all that. But I want you to catch that he said, be strong. Finally, the Apostle Paul says, be strong in the Lord, okay, in the Lord, and, now the connection here, and in the power. So, and is a connecting word, right? So, I want you to see that there's a connection between us being strong and the power. Can you see that? And I believe if we want to carry God's power, and we do, but if we want to carry God's power in this day and age, we have to train ourselves to be strong. Now, I specifically use that word train for a reason because of the fact that it is something that we're going to have to work at all right it's going to take trial and error and it's going to take work just like if you train yourself to be a piano player or train yourself to you know learn some kind of a skill we're going to have to train ourselves to be strong in the lord now before i go on i want to explain a passage that we are very familiar with that seems to contradict what I'm talking about being strong in the Lord. And it's your number two there. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. It says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing that I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness, implied in Paul's weakness. Now, I want you to understand that this passage, in this passage, Paul was talking about a thorn in the flesh. He was referring to an attack that Satan had put upon his body. And it was something that was totally out of his control. And, you know, some people say, theorize, theologians theorize that it was his eyesight. They say that, that they think that's what the thorn in the flesh was. And there's different theories. I've heard some people say they thought he had stomach troubles and stuff. But there's one of the verses where he says, see what big letters I write in. And so they say that because they said evidently when Paul wrote his letters, he had to write great big letters that, he had a problem with his eyesight. So whatever it was, it was an attack from Satan to keep him humble. And in this passage, he's saying that because this thing was out of my control and I was weak in that area, I was able to get God's strength to make me strong in that. Okay. So that's one thing. That's like a whole different message. What I'm talking about tonight, church, is things that are in our control. Things that we can do something about our thoughts, our mind, our will and emotions, our personalities, our actions and our reactions. The things that make up our character that we completely control 
need to be strong because I believe with all my heart that we're going to be accountable to God for how much we became like Jesus one day, right? And the thing is, you know, and, and this is just kind of my theory, if, you know, somebody that just gets saved and then they die like the next year, well, if they only knew the Lord for a year, I think, you know, when it comes down to rewards and all this stuff, there's not going to be that much of a, a issue with them not becoming real Christ-like because they were saved for short, such a short amount of time. But if y'all are like me, I've been in church all my life, okay? And I think those of us that have been in church forever, we are we we have to be thinking about possibly being now. Do we get our sin is covered? Yes, absolutely by the blood of Jesus. But we will stand before the judgment seat and there will be rewards given or loss of rewards given. And we'll, we'll account for our lives in a way that's like all positive. You know, I mean, God's not going to hit us and be mean to us. But we're going to wish if we had been a believer, let's say we die when we're 80 and we've been a believer for 70 years, we're going to wish that we had worked a little bit more on being more Christ-like, right? Okay, you can never be too Christ-like. So, so that's what I'm talking about here. The stuff that we need to work on, we need to train ourselves and work on it every day. And the deal with training ourselves to be strong is we have to know that while it's hard, it can be done because the Holy Spirit is going to be working with us. The Holy Spirit's job, he's a helper. And anything that we decide we want to do that's biblical, that's in the Bible, that has to do with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to be behind us, empowering us to do this. So all of this can be done. I think being strong is the quality that God's power and God's glory is going to be attached to so to speak because we have to realize that God's power and God's glory that's coming is too potent to be carried by weakness in any form that would be like giving a gun to a toddler the toddler's not mature enough to handle the power within the gun and it's the same thing for the body of Christ God's power and God's glory is coming in unprecedented ways, but it cannot be in the, in the possession of people that are believers that are still walking as babes in Christ. We've got to grow up. We just do. And we do that by becoming strong. Now, what would becoming strong uh, involve? Let me get a Kleenex. I think it's it'll we kind of can hit it by four different areas. Number one, I think becoming strong. We need to work on becoming strong mentally. Okay, now let's let's ponder on this. By becoming strong mentally, one of the main things. I think we need to work on is being focused more every day. And let's think about that. See, where am I? Let's think about it. Okay. 
nowadays, do we not, because of society today and all the busyness that we're involved in, do we not multitask all the time, all the time, all the time? You know, we're doing this, we're, we're cooking, we're on the phone, we're looking at TV, we're doing this, we're, you know, whatever. We multitask. And in the course of multitasking, to tell you the truth, we don't pay enough attention. And a lot of times, a lot of mistakes are made and things are missed because we're not focused on anything. Our attention is going five different directions all the time. And then on top of that, I believe that the Lord, I mean, the, the enemy has created a society in which we have short attention spans. Isn't that the truth? And our kids are even worse than us. You know, our kids are like, if it's, I mean, I seriously, I hope he's not watching. I seriously will text Andrew, and if it's a text like this big, da, 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 if it's more than like three sentences, I'll say, did you read my text? He was like, no, it was too long. It's like, it was four sentences, okay? But do we not, on Facebook, you do it a, 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 a experiment sometime. You do a big old long Facebook post, and then you do one sentence, and you see what gets more reaction. And this big, long thing might be something life-changing and great, but people get to about the second sentence, and then they're, they're zoned out into something else, okay? And so that's just the truth. And so I want us to begin to start thinking about this and realizing some of the stuff that the devil is doing nowadays. And I want to encourage us. One of the main things is when we're talking to people, we need to be thinking about what is being said. How many times have you met somebody and they said, oh, my name is Mary Jo. And it's like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. And you walk up, and you go, what they say their name was? Have you done that before? You know, and you could, they just told you. And maybe that's just me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just so easy to do. We don't, you know why? Because we're looking at them and we're going, yeah, yeah. And we're thinking, I wonder what I'm going to go have for lunch today. You know, don't we? You know, we're thinking about 10 other things, but we've got to stop. And I say that because think about Jesus. You know, we don't, we don't know, but we've seen, you know, we can tell from the Gospels that he was focused on one thing at a time. And even though the crowds were clamoring, I can assure you that when one person came up, he gave them their total attention. And that's what we need to do too, guys. We need, that's, it's a Christ-like quality that we don't even think about. But people deserve our full attention when they are talking to us. Every person is valuable in the eyes of God. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're trying to get on to the next thing. But be like Jesus in that. Listen to him. Concentrate on what's going going on we just need to slow down and that's a, that's a big thing so we need to work on being mentally strong by staying focused now another thing the devil does well in this that's a trick is so many distractions amen distractions 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 
And I truly, truly believe that this is a super sneaky trick of the enemy. And the, its purpose is to keep us away from focusing on the Lord. Okay, we've got the phones. You go in an office, any office where you're waiting, everybody's sitting there on their phone, right? There's just so, there's so many distractions. We've got on the computer, we've got Pinterest, and we've got Facebook, and we've got Netflix, and you can do, you know, a hundred different things on Netflix, and you can watch all these, these shows and stuff. And I realize that we've got to have some downtime. God wants us to rest, and, you know, we've got to have some time to, to rest our brains at, at times. But let me encourage you guys to do something. When you have some free time, let's say you get home from work and you've ate supper and you're, you just default to like sitting in front of the TV and clicking channels or whatever you normally default to. If you've got free time like that, start asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do with this time? I promise you he will be shocked. Okay. Because we just don't do that. We think it's our time. And, you know, we can use it however we want. But what if the Lord was wanting desperately to give somebody a million-dollar idea invention, and he's thinking, if I could just get somebody down here to spend some time with me, I would put this idea in their mind, and it would be something wonderful that, you know, millions of people would want to buy, okay? We've got to realize he's the God who has all the answers and who wants us to stay down here? You know, Netflix and Pinterest and Facebook and the phone and this and this and this. The devil wants to keep our mind on anything but the Lord. And we've got to slow down. We've got to think and we've got to stay focused and not get distracted and i believe guys that we're coming into a time and this is this is something that's pretty much unheard of but i believe we're coming to into a time when god wants us to begin to just wait on him wait now it's like well what am i waiting for well i don't know but you know what if you're waiting on God, your waiting will never be wasted. Let me encourage you sometimes, if you've got some free time, you're thinking, okay, well, I got that done. I got that done. Now, what am I going to do next? Now, see, we tend to want to accomplish one other thing, one other thing. Well, I can wash clothes, and I can do this, and I can do that. But sometimes if you stop and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? If, even if you don't get an answer, just see if the Holy Spirit doesn't prompt you just to go somewhere in another room and just sit maybe put on some worship music maybe not but just sit and wait on the lord and here's the deal we can't do it <laughs> we can't we are programmed to always have to have some sort of stimuli coming in all the time the TV, the, you know, whatever. But I'm telling you, there's power in just waiting on the Lord. And your flesh will come against it with everything. You see, sometimes, maybe sometime everybody else in your house leaves. Everybody's gone to do something and you're all alone. Well, you think, oh, good, I can get a 
box of cookies and I can watch, you know, Netflix. Okay, that's what we tend to do. Let me let me let me give you the challenge. Okay, what they used to say the ne- nesty challenge and it used to be a thing or one of those. Let me give you a challenge: the waiting on the Lord challenge. Everybody leaves in your house. Say, okay, Lord, it's just me and you. I'm just going to sit and wait on you, and just sit. It's hard to do, guys. It is hard, and I've been trying so hard. He's been he's been prompting me to do this. And I promise you, after I wait on him, like I may feel in my heart, like, okay, just wait on me for 15 minutes or just wait on me for 30 minutes. And I just try to just sit there and I I try not to let my mind go, you know, what all I got to do that day or whatever. And I try to just say, okay, Lord, I'm just, I'm just waiting on you. And every time I do that, something really cool happens afterwards try it try it it's hard to do your flesh does not want to wait on anything we are a microwave society but the lord is worth waiting on in fact one time this is something i've been working on and working on anytime i could and one time the lord spoke to my heart and he said to me let me see if i can find it. i have it in my notes he said to me he said when you wait on me you're not giving me your time. You're allowing me to give you my time. Can you catch the difference there? Because we think, oh, I'm so holy. I'm going to give God 15 minutes of my time. You know, like, oh, I'm so important. And the Lord said, no, you're not giving me your time. You're just making the, the situation possible for me to give you mine. And listen, you can't go wrong with anything you get from the Lord. You just can't. Okay. And a lot of times, church, we've got real needs that we've got prayer needs that we need answered. We've got situations in our life that desperately need change. And while we tend to, you know, we say our prayers and then we go through our day and then we're busy, busy, busy and we're watching TV and we're doing this and then we get on the computer and we're doing this and then we fall asleep at night. Well, the deal is and what the Lord told me, like, like if I'm praying for like my financial situation and I'm praying, I'm praying and my default thing is Twitter because that's my social media that I get (laughs) that I get my news from. And I need to know what's going on with the president and what's going on with Nancy Pelosi. And I need to know, I need to know what's going on all the time. So when I get free time, I I just want to go to Twitter all the time because I want to know what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. And, and I felt like recently the Lord said, you know, you're praying for this, this financial stuff and for ministry, you're praying for all this stuff. You're not going to get from Twitter. Twitter's not going to answer your prayer. And I was like, yeah, you're right, Lord. Okay. So the thing is, we've got to stop defaulting, just automatically letting our flesh go from one distraction to the next distraction, because those things cannot give us what we really desperately need. The, the prayer, the answers to prayers and the things that we really need can only come from out of the spirit realm through God. And the best way to accomplish that is to just spend time with him.
even if it's just sitting in his presence, okay? The enemy is stealing our time with all of this stuff because all of that junk, Facebook, Pinterest, all this stuff, it's eternally useless. It will not go into eternity with you. Now, I know, you know, some of it can be used for good and you can post a Bible verse on Facebook and this kind of stuff. I get that. But in the in the big scheme of things, all the social media, the movies, the Netflix, the Disney Plus, all this kind of stuff. Okay, none of that is going to help you 100 years from now and it can't answer your prayers. So we've got to stay mentally focused. We have to train ourselves to be mentally strong, not mentally lazy being distracted with a bunch of useless stuff, but instead staying focused on the Lord and focused on our goals, our desires, our dreams. Church, we have got to learn to be more purposeful in our lives by making better use of our time and our energy. I believe there's tons of more Things that God wants to bless our lives with, but we've got to do the grunt work, so to say. We've got to do the work in the in the earth's realm to pull it out of the spirit realm. And if we're always distracted with all this stuff of the world, we're not getting that that work done that needs to be done to pull that stuff out. And if we've got goals and we've got, you know, uh things that we want to accomplish in the Lord and we've got dreams. It's like, oh, I would love to have this, this, this for the Lord. And I would, I would minister people in this way. And you know, that kind of thing, which so many of us do have these kind of dreams in our hearts. That's going to come from the spirit realm. And it's not going to come from all the distractions that the enemy keeps putting in our face every day. Okay. If we've got big dreams, then we need to be mentally focused on what our dreams are, what our goals are, what prayers we are desiring to see answers in, okay? Also, another, another vein of that, mental strength, guys, means mentally dis, dis, uh, disciplining yourself to think positive only. Strong believers monitor their thoughts and train themselves to catch negativity when they recognize it and stop it okay you've got to realize only you and the holy spirit can control your thoughts nobody else in the whole wide world can control what you think but you and the lord right and so being mentally strong means when you start going through this oh the coronavirus is coming yep it's in america then it's going to go to houston then it's going to go to new york then it's going to go to my house and then we're all going to be quarantined for a month and i don't have enough food okay you know i mean your brain could go crazy when that kind of stuff starts going in your brain realize you have control over what you think you can catch that and say oh wait that doesn't sound like a very godly thing to think i'm going to think about oh thank you lord you're jehovah rapha you are my healer and 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 you i've covered in the blood of jesus and i rebuke that in jesus name okay only you can direct your thoughts 
and mentally strong people think positive. Jesus, I assure you, did not think negative. He did not think the worst. Because here's what we have to know. If we don't control our mind, the devil will control our mind. Because that's how he works. Okay? But Father God wants us to be mentally strong like Jesus was on the earth. Jesus knew what his calling was. He knew his job he had to accomplish. And everything he did during his three years of ministry, he did focused on that end result. Amen? And that's how we have to be too. If we've got a calling of God or a dream in our heart, We've got to stay focused on that at all times and not be here, there, and everywhere. Boom, like a laser focused on it, okay? That's how we're to be. Now, the second way the Lord wants us to be strong is to be emotionally strong. Emotionally. And by this, I mean us not being up, down, and all around all the time because truthfully guys the majority of the body of christ emotionally is up and down up and down up and down we're nice one day we're rude the next day we're super hyper and silly and laughing one day and then we're depressed and discouraged the next day okay think about jesus what would jesus do jesus was at all times there's a movie um, called Coming to America, an old movie that Eddie Murphy was in. And if you've ever seen it, watch the clean version because the bad version has bad words in it, okay? But I really like that movie, and i tell you why. Because Eddie Murphy was a king. If you remember that movie, old movie, but I, I always liked it because, you know, it's king and, you know, I'm all about the king, okay? And so, uh, I, but if you watch that movie, if you can ever catch it sometime, the clean version, watch it. And notice how well Eddie Murphy portrays the demeanor of royalty. I love that in him. Okay. He, he, all this stuff was going on. And I think Arsenio Hall was in it. You remember that guy with the big gums and, you know, and he was in it. He was all upset. And Eddie Murphy was always like, shoot, like that, just solid. Okay. That's how Jesus was. Watch some of the old Jesus movies, you know, some of the, the remakes of, you know, the, the Bible in that. And just watch it through the filter of noticing Jesus's demeanor. Jesus was always solid, okay? He was, he was calm at all times. Think about it. Even when they came to arrest Jesus, you don't see him throwing a fit and, you know, crying and screaming. He just basically looked at him. And he basically said, do what you have to do, okay? He was emotionally strong, church. And that is what God is calling us to be, too. In fact, the only time we really see Jesus getting upset is with that money changer in the temple thing, okay? But that was some holy anger, holy anger because of what was going on there, okay? So, but other than that, Jesus was always cool, calm, and collected, right? That's how we're called to be, too. Emotionally strong. Let me share this with you. Uh, the Lord's, like I said, Pastor and I have been uh, sharing this 
with each other and little verses and stuff that we would see on this subject for a while now. And so I've really been working on it. Okay, Lord, give me strength every day. Give me mental strength, Holy Spirit. Give me emotional strength. Help me not to, you know, freak out. And so not too long ago, I had been working on my lesson for pages meeting that was coming up at the time. And I had worked like probably two or three weeks, like every day, every day, every day. And I had 26 pages of this message for pages meeting, like all typed up, like how this is 26 pages. And one night I went to turn my computer on and I had this blue box right on the screen. And I was like, what is this? Where's my message? What is this? What is it? And in fact, I put it on Facebook. Does anybody know what this means? And people were going, that's the blue screen of death. I was like, oh, thanks. Well, guess what it really was? I brought it to the computer place and they said, that's the blue screen of death. I was like, thanks. But anyway, so I lost that whole message. As I said all that to say that, okay? So I lost that whole whole message. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, I could cry. Yeah, that'd be good. I could scream. I could kick something. I could get real mad at Arnold. <laughs> like he had anything to do with it. Okay, I could yell at my kids. That'd be fun. I could, you know, I could do all these things because I was so aggravated and I was so <laughs> frustrated from losing it. And then I promise you, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, would that change anything? I was like, crud, no. It wouldn't bring the message back. I could do all those things. It wouldn't change anything. And so I was like, okay, this is like a test, right, Lord? <laughs> I've been asking to be emotionally strong. Okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. And so, you know, I, I, I tried, I got through that, and we just worked it out, never could find it, had to start over, but that's okay. Okay, so here's what we need to know, guys. If the devil can get you upset about any one particular thing or anything, he will do it for the rest of your life. He will. He's not going to let up. That is his job, is to drive you crazy for all of your life, okay? But what we have to do is we have to learn to recognize the patterns. If every time this happens, we freak out and get mad and upset, then maybe if the next time this happens, we don't freak out and get mad and upset, maybe this will stop happening. Amen? Okay? We have got to learn to control our emotions. People are watching us. They are seeing how we're going to respond. Look at this next verse in Matthew. He got in the boat. Uh, There rose a great storm. The boat was covered with waves. They came to him and said, save us, Lord. We are perishing. Now, notice they're all, they're freaking out, okay? And he said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed. What kind of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? Now, guys, this is how we should live. This is what Jesus did. Jesus did not panic like the disciples did. He remained calm. And it's the same thing with us. When everyone around us is freaking out, we need to be the voice of reason. We need, Carl, you're so good at that. (laughs) With, yeah, you're so good at that. Carl is a rock, okay? And you are. Okay, but we should be the calm one. 
We should be the one that the other ones come crying to. And, you know, theologians say that the reason Jesus could calm the sea, you know, besides the fact that he's the son of God and he has the power, you know, and all that. But one of the reasons he could is because the calm that was within him, he was able to release into the sea. You remember when the when the when the apostles went to how to houses and Jesus said, as you go, leave your peace there. And if they don't receive you, he said, take your peace back (laughs) and go. Okay, and that tells me that that peace was tangible, spiritual substance, because he said, if they reject you, just take it back. And it's the same thing with calmness. If we can train ourselves to be calm. Then when crises arise, we can release that calmness from within us into that situation and that spiritual substance of calmness will have more power than the work that the enemy is trying to do there. Look at your next verse, number four, Ecclesiastes 10, four. If the ruler's temper, temper rises against you, do not abandon your position because composure allies great offenses and uh and then in the amplified it reads like this if the temper if the temper of the ruler rises up against you do not leave your place or show a resisting spirit for gentleness and calmness prevent or put a stop to great offenses now here's what i want you to see that calmness or that gentleness It says, do not leave your place. Evidently, there's a place of calmness that you can get in. Now, Melissa and I, my friend Melissa, we like to call this our bubble of peace. Okay? And we talk about being in our bubble of peace. And every morning, church, you can get up and you can say, you know what? I'm going to get in my bubble of peace and nothing's going to get me out of this bubble, okay? Because you got to realize the devil's doing everything he can here. The world is going pure crazy over here. But you can walk in peace, a supernatural peace. There's a place in the spirit realm called calmness, gentleness, peace. And that's something that Jesus walked in, and it's what he wants us to walk in, too. And what I, what I think is so cool about the Amplified, it says that this calmness can put a stop to great offense. That means that that spiritual substance of calmness or peace, gentleness, cool, calm, and collected, it has power to stop offenses. In the same way that Jesus had the power to still the sea with his calmness. Guys, there's power in the fruit of the spirit, in the qualities of Jesus contain Jesus's power. And we have to learn to walk in the qualities that Jesus walked in. And the devil is on a 24 hour a day, seven day a week mission to keep you from walking in the qualities of Jesus. But you've got to stay focused. You've got to think, is this Christ-like or is this not Christ-like? And then you've got to train your emotions to not react to situations, but instead 
to stay focused and in peace. Amen. Okay. Now, the third way that I think we need to work on being strong, and just hear me out, is physically. Okay? We need to train ourselves, guys, to be physically strong. We have got to be good stewards of our body because we have to realize that the devil is coming at our bodies 24 hours a day. Again, same thing. The devil will do whatever he can to knock our bodies out of commissioning because we have to have our bodies on this earth to do the work of God in the world, right? And so we've got to focus on being disciplined in taking care of our bodies the best we can. We've got to learn to keep our heart and our lungs strong. And that's through any kind of like aerobic activity does that. Walking, swimming, you know, if you've got uh, bad hips or whatever, the, the, the pool, you can go in the pool and you can walk in the pool. You can do, you can walk at the track. Okay, you could you know, ride a stationary bike. Your heart and your lungs need to be maintained and be strengthened at all times. Also with our muscles, okay? We've got to work our muscles. Whatever that may be, God will put it on you. You know, you could get you could get five pound weights at your house and you could just sit there and watch TV or whatever and do five pound weights. And you know what? You're working your muscles, okay? We have got to be physically strong, and this is why. Because when the presence of God comes in and, you know, things start to happen and revival starts to take place, it takes strong physical bodies to carry an anointing. It just does. That anointing on a physical body will wear it down. Uh, you know, people think that preachers have easy jobs, but let me tell you, these people that are really, if you've ever been around some of these big name guys that you can feel the anointing on them from far away, you know, I remember going to see Benny Hinn at the Montaigne Center years ago. Did y'all go see him? You remember? I think when years ago, and I could feel the anointing from where I was and, you know, like him or not, the truth of the matter is, the anointing on a physical body is it's hard to carry and so our bodies have to be prepared and we've got to keep our bodies strong the best we can to carry the anointing of god amen okay now the last thing is and this is not really uh, a category as much as it is a kind of a separate thing We've got to be strong. Let's see, how can I put this? Uh, I'm going to call it with our words. And let me tell you why. Look at that verse number five, Proverbs 10, 19. I just found this in the Passion uh, two weeks ago, and I thought this was so good. Uh, out of the Passion, it reads, if you keep talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. <laughs> Prove your wise from the very start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. Now, I thought it was very, very interesting that this verse equates biting our tongue or stopping talking with being strong. Because before that, it's saying if we keep talking, 
we're going to eventually say something we shouldn't say, something that's in the flesh or, you know, gossip or judging or critical or rude or harsh or something. But the Bible is teaching us here that biting our tongue or not talking so much is being strong. And why is that? Because what does the book of James say about the tongue? Okay, listen, it takes a lot of self-control to tame the tongue. Does it not? The book of James says it's such a small thing, but it can, you know, burn down a forest or whatever. Okay, you know. The tongue is so powerful. And with words, I mean, you can absolutely crush a person with words. And at the same time, you could absolutely change someone's life for the better with your words. There is such power in words. And this verse is saying that the strong man learns when to bite his tongue learned the strong man knows when not to say something that shouldn't be said and that's a strength we need to think about and it's a strength we need to work on if the lord has ever spoken to your heart in any way shape or form then you can agree with me that the lord does not speak in long rambling sentences anytime the lord's ever spoken to my heart it's been short and to the point and that's how God is, and that's how he wants us to be. This same minister that I watched that had gone to heaven, he said that he had always been a talker. Talk, 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 talk. And I thought, oh, good, me too, okay? I mean, I just am, okay? And he said one of the first things that Jesus said to him when he, he died and he went to heaven and Jesus was up there, that Jesus said to him, you know that verse, in fact, look at your number six. It's Matthew 12, 36. It says, but I tell you, now this is out of New American Standard, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. Now, the first thing Jesus said to him was he said, you know that verse in the Bible about giving account for every idle word? And the guy was like, yeah. <laughs> and Jesus said, I meant that. And the guy said it was, I mean, it was so easy. It wasn't mean. Jesus didn't say it like condemning, beating him over the head. But he said it just went through him. It made that verse such a reality. And see, we don't think about that. It says we, we you know, normally read it idle word, but in, in uh, New American Standard, it says careless word. How many careless words do we speak every day? We'll just, you know, we'll just. I used to always be like on TV, I'd watch and I'd be like, well, why did they wear that shirt with that sweater or something like that? It's just crazy stuff. And then, you know, finally the Lord put, really put his finger on me. He said, you don't have to give your opinion about what everybody does and says. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, you're right, Lord. I'm sorry. It just was a habit that I did. It's like I was always everybody on TV. It's like I had something to say. Well, why did they face that away? They should have faced that away. And, you know, we get in these habits that we, we're so used to. It's just that groove we're stuck in. But is it pleasing to the Lord? If we're using careless words, then we need to stop. And true strength can bite its tongue, can stop, okay? Uh, 
According to the Bible, one of the attributes of being strong means not saying everything we want to say. And that is hard, hard, hard to do, but we can do it. And another thing, let me just throw this in as we close. Another thing the Lord's been working on me is if it's always, well, I would have done it like this, and, and I think they should do this, and I think they should have done that. And, and will I do it like this, and I do it. If we're saying I, 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 we need to keep an eye on that. <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> okay, think about it. And see, the Lord put his finger on that for me to, for, you know, recently. He's like, you know what he told me? He said, Peg, no one cares. And I was like, <laughs> but Lord, it's my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't we do that? Don't we give our opinions about everything? And this is what the Lord told, the Lord told me specifically. He said, only tell what you think about a subject if someone asks you. And you think that's not hard to do? Try it this next week. Try it. Start biting that tongue when you're saying you're watching, you know, the news and you're thinking, well, I can't believe da 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 da. They, you know, they did this and they did that. Okay. Well, did anybody ask you if you could believe it? No. <laughs> okay. It's very hard, but true strength controls its mouth. And that's something that we need to focus on in these days. We want to carry the presence of God, guys. We want to carry the presence of God. And to do that, we've got to be Christ-like in everything we do. We've got to be mentally strong and focused. We've got to be emotionally strong, calm, just, just regal and solid, okay? Not up and down, up and down, up and down. We've got to be physically strong. And think about it. If revival breaks out, guys, and we start having extended services, that's going to take endurance, okay? We've got to start training our bodies. And it's not just, you know, it's not like that we can all be, you know, beauty queens and muscle men. That's not it. We're keeping our physical body strong for the work of the Lord. Okay? And then our mouths, our mouths, our mouths, our mouths. We've got to watch our mouths. True strength bites its tongue. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for this time we could be together. And, Lord, we ask, dear God, that your Holy Spirit just fall upon us all right now. And we ask for your anointing and your power to make us Christ-like in these areas, dear God. Help us to grow up in you, Lord. Help us to be strong mentally and to stay focused, dear God. Help us, Lord, to be strong emotionally and to not be, be let the devil pull our chain about everything, Lord. Like, like in days gone by, dear God, help us to be strong physically, Lord. Show us how to be good stewards of our body, Father God. And Lord, help us. Oh, please help us, Lord, to be strong in the use of our words. Lord, we don't want to have careless, idle words that we have to account for when we stand before you, dear God. Lord, we want to be pleasing to you in every way, Lord. And we just ask for your power to help us do that from this day forward, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Wasn't that good?